We'd like to welcome everybody to tonight's Doctrine of Christ Zoom meeting on receiving his image in your countenance. And we will start in Alma chapter 5, verse 3. I, Alma, having been consecrated by my father, Alma, to be a high priest over the church of God, he having power and authority from God to do these things, behold, I say to you that he began to establish a church in the land, which was in the borders of Nephi, yea, a land which was called the land of Mormon, yea, he did baptize his brethren in the waters of Mormon. So, so first off, Alma the Younger received power or authority from God to do the things that he was doing because he was ordained by his father, Alma. And so, you know, there's a popular sentiment, sentiment that, you know, priesthood isn't an actual conferral of authority. You know, it's more of a desire or a relationship. Um, but, you know, the scriptures do not prove this out. You know, the scriptures prove out that there is specific authority that is given through ordination. And then when a man proves himself um, to the Lord, you know, after that ordination, then Christ will seal that priesthood upon that man and he receives power in that priesthood and so again verse 3 i alma having been consecrated by my father alma to be a high priest over the church of god he having power and authority from god to do these things behold i say unto you that he began to establish a church in the land which was in the borders of nephi yea the land which was called the land of mormon Yea, and he did baptize his brethren in the waters of Mormon. You know, another point, um, the Aaronic priesthood is durable. And so initially, when Alma defected from the court of wicked King Noah, and he repented sorely, was forgiven, ascended up the spiritual ladder, and actually had power given him in the Aaronic priesthood, then he was given a commission to go back and teach the words of Abinadi to the people in the city of Noah. Um, and after that, he continued to receive authority from God, and after proving himself true and faithful, you know, power from God as a priesthood, where those priesthoods were sealed upon him. Now, let's cross-reference in Mosiah 18. Verses 1 and 2. And now it came to pass that Alma, who had fled from the servants of King Noah, repented of his sins and iniquities, and went about privately among the people, and began to teach the words of Abinadi, yea, concerning that which was to come, and also concerning the resurrection of the dead, and the redemption of the people, which was to be brought to pass through the power and sufferings and death of Christ, 
and his resurrection and ascension into heaven. So when Alma went back, he began teaching the doctrine of Christ to the people of King Noah. And then verses 7 through 10. And it came to pass that after many days there were a goodly number gathered together at the place of Mormon to hear the words of Alma. Yea, all were gathered together that believed on his words to hear him and to teach them and to preach unto them repentance and redemption and faith on the Lord. And it came to pass that he said unto them, Behold, here are the waters of Mormon, for thus were they called. And now as ye are desirous to come into the fold of God and to be called his people and are willing to bear one another's burdens that they may be light, Yea, and are willing to mourn with those who mourn. Yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. And to stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places that ye may be in even until the death. That ye may be redeemed of God and be numbered with those of the first resurrection. That ye may have eternal life. Now I say unto you, if this be the desire of your hearts, would have you against being baptized in the name of the Lord as a witness before him that you have entered into a covenant with him that you will serve him and keep his commandments that he may pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you. And now back to Alma chapter five, verse four. And behold, I say unto you, they were delivered out of the hands of the people of King Noah by the mercy and power of God. So if we go back to Mosiah 18 and read verses 33 to 35. And now the king said that Alma was stirring up the people to rebellion against him. Therefore, he sent his army to destroy them. And it came to pass that Alma and the people of the Lord were apprised of the coming of the king's army. Therefore, they took their tenants, their tents and their families and departed into the wilderness. And they were in number about 450 souls. And chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that the army of the king returned, having searched in vain for the people of the Lord. Now, as a cross-reference, 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 20. And when the Jews heard these things, the things which Lehi had been preaching, that they must repent and return or be destroyed, they were angry with him, yea, even as with the prophets of old, whom they had cast out and stoned and slain. And they also sought his life, that they might take it away. But behold, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. So, um, you know, here we start to see some patterns. You know, the first pattern is that those who are not built upon the rock, who is Christ in Revelation, when the truth is declared unto them, they become angry because of the truth. And, you know, ultimately, when they become sufficiently hardened, they become angry to the point of being willing and even desiring to take the life of those who are declaring the truth of God. And second, that the Lord will deliver 
those who exercise faith in him and make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Now, regarding this first point, if we cross-reference 2 Nephi 28. Verse 28. And in fine, woe unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth, lest he shall fall. Going back to Alma chapter 5. Verse 5. And behold, after that, they were brought into bondage by the hands of the Lamanites in the wilderness. Yea, sent to you, they were in captivity. And again, the Lord did deliver them out of bondage by the power of his word. And they were brought into this land. And here we began to establish the church of God throughout this land also. So the Alma's people were in bondage twice. The first time was because of their willful rebellion against the word of God. Uh, After having had the prophet Abinadi come and preach among them and rejecting his words. and when Alma went back among them and declared the doctrine of Christ to them, the words that Abinadi had declared unto them had had time to work on them and leaven their spiritual maturity. And so when they heard the doctrine of Christ declared to them a second time, this time by Alma, who they knew as one of the priests of King Noah. This time, they were ready to receive the doctrine of Christ and to be delivered out of that bondage and even to escape uh, a more severe bondage and possibly death. But because they still had more repenting to do, because they still had more ascension, on the spiritual ladder, the Lord allowed them to come into a second bondage, even among the Lamanites. And if we go to Mosiah 23, and in Mosiah 23, we'll read verses 12 through 13 and 18 through 29. So Mosiah 23, starting verse 12. And now I say unto you, ye have been oppressed by King Noah, and have been in bondage to him and his priests, and have been brought into iniquity by them. Therefore ye were bound with the bands of iniquity. So their first bondage, and they had been taught false doctrine. And so they accepted as true doctrine things which were false. And this brought them into a state of iniquity. And above that, they were also taught to sin by the wicked priests of King Noah. Now, the iniquity that is being talked about here in Mosiah 23, Moroni talks about a similar iniquity 
that the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would come into in the last days. And so if we go to Ether chapter 4, and in Ether chapter 4, Moroni is talking about the coming forth of the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. And he says in Ether 4, verse 6, For the Lord said unto me, They shall not go forth unto the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. So as we go through the story of Alma and his people in iniquity and how they came out from under iniquity, Let's let's ask the Lord, you know, Father, how am I and how are my people under the bonds of iniquity, just as Alma's people were under the bonds of iniquity when they were living in the uh, city of Noah and were being taught by the false priests of King Noah who happened to have authority in the Aaronic priesthood, but not power. So, going back to Mosiah 23, verse 12 again. And now I say unto you, ye have been oppressed by King Noah, and have been in bondage to him and his priests, and have been brought into iniquity by them. Therefore ye were bound with the bands of iniquity. So Moroni says that we, the Latter-day Saints, are also in iniquity, and just like Alma's people, we also have need to repent of our iniquity. Well, Alma's people had to go into bondage to receive a sufficient amount of opposition to, to facilitate their repenting from iniquity. And I would suggest that this is a type and a shadow to the Latter-day Saints, that the Latter-day Saints will also go into a severe bondage, which will help facilitate those who will, repenting of their iniquity. And verse 13, And now as ye have been delivered by the power of God out of these bonds, yea, even out of the hands of King Noah and his people, and also from the bonds of iniquity, even so I desire that ye should stand fast in this liberty, wherewith ye have been made free, that ye may trust no man to be a king over you. So the people of Alma, or who became the people of Alma, were delivered out of their iniquity because when they heard a true servant of God, Alma, preaching the doctrine of Christ to them, they received it. And they desired to be united with those who were true believers in Jesus Christ. And they united at the waters of Mormon. And to them, Alma extended the invitation to be baptized. Now let's read verses 18 to 29. Therefore they did watch over their people and did nourish them with things pertaining to righteousness. So Alma's people were on the right track. And it came to pass that they began to prosper exceedingly in the land. And they called the land Helam. 
And it came to pass that they did multiply and prosper exceedingly in the land of Helam. And they built a city, which they called the city of Helam. Nevertheless, the Lord seeth fit to chasten his people. Yea, he trieth their patience and their faith. So, you know, the very fact that you're on this Zoomcast tonight is a good indication that you are either repenting or have repented of the iniquity that we, the members of the Church of Latter, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, find ourselves in as Moroni calls us out in Ether chapter 4. Um, and that is the first step. But, you know, after Alma's people had come out from under the bonds of iniquity, they still had to go into a bondage to the Lamanites so that they could go to the next spiritual level. Again in verse 21, Nevertheless, the Lord seeth fit to chasten his people, yea, he trieth their patience and their faith. And may I suggest that when we make the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and we give the Lord permission to give us whatever experiences we need, to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, and we're ready for the next experience to start right now, and we lay everything upon the altar, that we actually give the Lord permission to begin this chastening, which we desperately need. And there are many who are so afraid to receive the chastening from the Lord that they so desperately need, that they will not willingly enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and are not willing to receive the chastening of the Lord, which must be received, which will facilitate discipleship of Jesus Christ and ultimately exaltation. And there is no other way. Verse 22, Nevertheless, whosoever putteth his trust in him, the same shall be lifted up at the last day. Yea, and thus it was with this people. So are we willing, like the people of Alma, to put our trust sufficiently in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we trust him to give us exactly what we need that we might take his name upon us. And as we come to find out um, that we may receive his image in our countenance. Verse 23. And I will show unto you that they were brought into bondage, and none could deliver them but the Lord their God, yea, even the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob. And it came to pass that he did deliver them, and he did show forth his mighty power unto them. And great were their rejoicings. So the belief and the trust and the hope and the faith of the people of Alma was not in vain. The Lord did not leave them, leave them comfortless. And he proved to them that he was their God and they were his people. And once they had sufficiently repented and returned, he made them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Verse 25, for behold, it came to pass that while they were in the land of Helam, 
Yea, in the city of Helam, while they were tilling the land round about, behold, an army of the Lamanites was in the borders of the land. And now it came to pass that the brethren of Alma fled from their fields and gathered themselves together in the city of Helam. And they were much frightened because of the repentance or of the appearance of the Lamanites. But Alma went forth and stood among them and exhorted them that they should not be frightened, but that they should remember the Lord their God and he would deliver them. Therefore, they hushed their fears and began to cry unto the Lord that he would soften the hearts of the Lamanites, that they would spare them and their wives and their children. And it came to pass that the Lord did soften the hearts of the Lamanites. And Alma and his brethren went forth and delivered themselves up into their, their hands. And the Lamanites took possession of the land of Helam. So, again, I would pose the question, what lesson can we learn? The fact that the Lord allowed the people of Alma to go into bondage after being delivered and after a period of prosperity, did that mean that the Lord had turned his back on them or that the Lord wasn't aware of them or that he didn't care? No. Um, but it was a test of their faith. And so will it be a test of our faith as we go into an increasing state of bondage. And it will require that we cry out unto, you know, Father for deliverance. And if that deliverance isn't immediately received, will we forget our Lord and our God, will we no longer cry out unto him? Will we no longer exercise hope and faith in him? Or will we remain true and faithful? Now let's go to Mosiah 24, verses 8 through 25. And now it came to pass that Amulon began to exercise authority over Alma and his brethren and began to persecute him and caused that his children should persecute their children. Now, who was Amulon? Amulon was one of the wicked priests of Noah who did not accept Abinadi's preaching. And because of that, when they came across Alma and his people, um, they were more hardened against Alma. And Amulon had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you remember 2 Nephi 28, 28. Uh, when the truth is declared to those who are not built upon the rock, they become angry because of the truth. And certainly Amulon had become angered because of the truth and because Alma had submitted himself to the truth and to the Lord. Verse 8 again, and now it came to pass that Amulon began to exercise authority over Alma and his brethren and began to persecute him and caused that his children should persecute their children. For Amulon knew Alma, that he had been one of the king's priests, and that it was he that believed the words of Abinadi and was driven out before the king. And therefore he was wroth with him, for he was subject to King Laman. For he exercised authority over them and put tasks upon them and put taskmasters over them. 
And it came to pass that so great were their afflictions that they began to cry mightily to God. Um, this makes me think of, you know, Christ being in Gethsemane. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So even though Alma's people had come out from under iniquity and desired to repent of all their sins and desired to take upon themselves the name of Christ, yet it was this bondage that facilitated their crying out to God in greater earnestness. And it came to pass that so great were their afflictions that they began to cry mightily to God. And Amulon commanded them that they should stop their cries. And he put guards over them to watch them. And whosoever should be found calling upon God should be put to death. And Alma and his people did not raise their voices to the Lord their God, but did pour out their hearts to him. And he did know the thoughts of their hearts. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their affliction, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort. For I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do, that ye may stand as a witness for me hereafter, and that ye may know of a surety, that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And I would that all of us might treasure up and remember these things. That we, when we come into a similar bondage, we might remember the goodness of God and the great mercy that he has already extended to us. And that we will, if we will continue true and faithful to him, he will likewise covenant with us, and he will deliver us to a land of freedom. Verse 16. And it came to pass that so great were their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came unto them again, saying, Be of good comfort, for on the morrow I will deliver you out of bondage. And also, um, we qualify for blessings from the Lord. Alma's people qualified for deliverance from death. Therefore, they were delivered from destruction. They qualified for deliverance from extreme bondage. And although they went into extreme bondage for a period of time, which helped facilitate their crying out unto the Lord in earnestness, they ascended up the spiritual ladder and they qualified for deliverance from extreme bondage. And once they had qualified for deliverance from extreme bondage, verse 15, and now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them that they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully with patience to all the will of the Lord. And, you know, remember this, and we're going to compare and contrast this in the future to the bondage 
that the remainder of the people of King Noah or King Limhi's people went into. So as soon as they qualified for deliverance from extreme bondage, the Lord made their burdens easy and light. And as they continued repenting and ascending, as soon as they qualified for deliverance from bondage, the Lord prepared the path for their deliverance. Verse 16, and it came to pass that so great was their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came unto them again saying, be of good comfort. For on the morrow, I will deliver you out of bondage. And he said unto Alma, thou shalt go before this people and I will go with thee and deliver this people out of bondage. Now, I would cross-reference this deliverance from bondage with the deliverance from bondage that is prophesied that will happen to those among the Latter-day Saints who, like Alma's people, repent of their iniquity and continue repenting until they qualify for deliverance from bondage after they have come into it. So if we cross-reference in DNC 103, And as we look at DNC 103 and this, which is going to be our deliverance from bondage, I want you to notice a couple of points. Um, one, you know, the Lord called a man to lead them out of bondage. And for Alma's people, it was Alma. And for us, it will be Joseph Smith. But not only did Alma lead them, the Lord says in verse 17, Thou shalt go before this people, and I will go with thee and deliver this people out of bondage. So now in DNC 103, verse 15, Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel and the seed of Abraham, and ye must be led, led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. And as your fathers were led at the first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore, let not your hearts faint. For I say not unto you, as I said unto your fathers, mine angel shall go up before you, but not in my presence. But I say unto you, mine angel shall go up before you, and also my presence. And in time ye shall possess the goodly land. So now if we go back to Mosiah 24, again in verse 17. And he said unto Alma, thou shalt go before this people, and I will go with thee and deliver this people out of bondage. Now it came to pass that Alma and his people in the nighttime gathered their flocks together and also their grain, yea, even all the nighttime were gathering their flocks together. And in the morning, the Lord caused a deep sleep to come upon the Lamanites, yea, and all their taskmasters were in a profound sleep. And Alma and his people departed into the wilderness. And when they had traveled all day, they pitched their tents in a valley and they called the valley Alma because he led their way in the wilderness. Yea, and in the valley of Alma, they poured out their thanks to God, because he had been merciful unto them, 
and eased their burdens, and it delivered them out of bondage. For they were in bondage, and none could deliver them except it were the Lord their God. And so will it be with the Latter-day Saints, who will repent of our iniquity, that we also might be led out of bondage, which is coming. And they gave thanks to God, yea, all their men and their women and their children that could speak, lifted up their voices in the praise of their God. And now the Lord said unto Alma, haste thee and get thee, thou and the people out of this land. For the Lamanites have awakened and to pursue thee. Therefore get thee out of this land and I will stop the Lamanites in this valley, that they come no further in pursuit of this people. And it came to pass that they departed out of the valley and took their journey into the wilderness. And after they had been in the wilderness 12 days, they arrived in the land of Zarahemla. And King Mosiah did also receive them with joy. So, um, you know, this, this pattern that the Lord establishes of gathering out his people in many different strata. And then as they repent and ascend, they qualify for increasing levels of deliverance. So Abinadi originally is called to go to the people of the city of Noah in his first ministry and to gather out the elect. And guess what? There weren't any. And so Abinadi left. And then after a period of time, Abinadi is commanded to go back and again gather out the Lord's people, but, you know, a spiritual level down from elect. And there's only one who listens, and that is Alma. And, you know, Abinadi has to put everything on the line. What is required at his hand? is that he died a martyr, and he willingly dies as a martyr. In DNC, going back to DNC 103, verse 27 and 28, let no man be afraid to lay down his life for my sake, for whoso layeth down his life for my sake shall find it again, and whoso is not willing to lay down his life for my sake is not my disciple. And may I submit to you that each of us, if we desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we must be willing to lay down everything for Jesus Christ. Our reputation, you know, our good name, our fortune, our comfort, and even our very lives, and even the relationships that we have with our closest friends and even our own family members. Only by willing to put everything on the altar can we qualify as disciples of Jesus Christ, and he will test us to see if we draw near to him with our lips, but if our hearts are far from him, or if we draw near to him both with our lips and with our hearts. So back in Mosiah 24. Um, and as Abinadi awakened Alma, 
And Abinadi may not have even known that anybody listened to him. Um, as far as we know, Abinadi went to his death without knowing that the ministry to which he was called and to which he was called to sacrifice his very life. Um, as far as he knew, there wasn't one person in the city of King Noah that listened. And yet he did what was required of him by the Lord and he didn't give up and he didn't complain and he did not murmur. And as the Lord uses us as servants to declare the doctrine of Christ, we also might not be aware of the seeds that we are planting and of the effect that our testimony and our opening our mouths and having them filled by the power of the Spirit is having. And although we may never know the effect that the words that the Lord would have us speak are having, yet they may have uh, you know, great power and great effect unto bringing many ultimately unto Jesus Christ and his gospel. Now, in Mosiah 24, or rather in Alma chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, you that belong to this church, have you sufficiently retained in remembrance the captivity of your fathers, which we've just read about? Yea, and have you sufficiently retained in remembrance his mercy and long-suffering toward them? And moreover, have you sufficiently retained in remembrance that he has delivered their souls from hell? Now this is Alma, the son of Alma, who is you know, speaking to um, those who are now his people and, you know, calling their minds, you know, back to the time when they were delivered. Um, at least, you know, the people of Alma were delivered by the Lord from their bondage numerous times. And moreover, have you sufficiently retained in remembrance that he has delivered their souls from hell, which is the most important and most critical deliverance? Behold, he changed their hearts. Yea, he awakened them out of the deep sleep, and they awoke unto God. Now the parallel is, and the reason that this is being included in our record, is that just like the people of Alma under King Noah, we as Latter-day Saints are also in a deep sleep. And the Lord is extending his hand to us to awaken us. And they awoke unto God. And will we awake unto God as they did? Behold, they were in the midst of darkness. Nevertheless, their souls were illuminated by the light of the everlasting word. Yea, they were encircled about by the bands of death and the chains of hell. 
and an everlasting destruction did await them. And now I ask of you, my brethren, were they destroyed? Behold, I send to you, nay, they were not. And again, I ask, were the bands of death broken and the chains of hell which encircled them about, were they loosed? I say unto you, they, yea, they were loosed and their souls did expand and they did sing redeeming love. And I say unto you that they are saved. And now I ask of you, on what conditions are they saved? Yea, what grounds had they to hope for salvation? What is the cause of their being loosed from the bands of death? Yea, and also from the chains of hell. Behold, I can tell you, did not my father Alma believe in the words which were delivered by the mouth of Abinadi? And was he not a holy prophet? Did he not speak the words of God? And my father Alma believed them? So, you know, we focused on the physical deliverance of Alma and his people from bondage. But there was a parallel deliverance. And that was the deliverance of Alma and his people from spiritual bondage. And as they ascended the spiritual ladder, and as they came out from under spiritual bondage, they received deliverance from physical bondage. Now let's go to Mosiah 15 and read verses 7 through 9. And, you know, these are the words of Abinadi, which were taught to Alma, and which he received with gladness. And Abinadi speaking of Jesus Christ who would come. Yea, and even so he shall be led, crucified, and slain, the flesh becoming subject unto death, the will of the Son being swallowed up in the will of the Father. And thus God breaketh the bands of death, having gained victory over death, giving the Son power to make intercession for the children of men, having ascended into heaven, having the bowels of mercy being filled with compassion toward the children of men, standing betwixt them and justice, having broken the bands of death, taking upon himself their iniquity and their transgressions, having redeemed them and satisfied the demands of justice. Now, in Alma chapter 7, verses 11 through 16, Alma the Younger is going to put these words of Abinadi in his own words. And in verses 11 through 16, Alma the Younger says of Jesus Christ, And he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this that the word might be fulfilled which saith he will take upon him the pains and sicknesses of his people. And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh. 
that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. Now I say unto you that ye must repent and be born again. And again, the, the repenting and being born again is an escalation in Alma's understanding. And now, you know, by this time, we have the restoration of the terrestrial order or church of Christ, where, you know, Alma started out, Alma the senior, as he left the court of King Noah, he started with the preparatory gospel and the baptism the baptisms which he performed in in Mosiah 18 were out baptisms into the preparatory gospel. But then he ascended to the terrestrial church of Christ and his son Alma is, has also become the presiding high priest in the terrestrial order of the gospel or the church of Christ. And, and now, you know, he's preaching not only baptism by water, but also baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this it is what he means by being born again. Verse 14. Now I say unto you that ye must repent and be born again. For the Spirit saith, if ye cannot be born again, ye cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, I hear many say, well, I've got a very comfortable life. You know, I... I have a temple recommend, I've got a temple marriage, I've got a church calling, and I'm true and faithful in that church calling. Why would I go to the trouble of entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contract spirit and actually earnestly seek after and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? Um, because the Lord will require that I come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, which does not coincide with my very comfortable life. Or even I have gone through great hardship in my life and I have come to a place of calm water. And why would I want to leave this place of calm water? Well, it's because if you're not born again or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, ye cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, come and be baptized unto repentance, that ye may be washed from your sins, and that ye may have faith on the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, who is mighty to save and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Yea, I say unto you, come and fear not. Then I would ask each one of us, are we overcome by fear? And are we afraid to enter into a covenant with our God because of what might happen to us? Do we not trust him sufficiently to know that if we come unto him, it will be okay? That he will make a path for our deliverance, just as he always had with his people, just as he did Alma, the elder, from the escape of King Noah and the Lamanites. Verse 15 in Alma 7. Yea, I say unto you, come and fear not, and lay aside every sin which easily doth beset you. 
And I would that we should all ask, Heavenly Father, what are the sins that do easily beset us? That through the power of Christ, we might overcome them and repent and return and be cleansed and be healed. Which that binds you down to destruction. Yea, come and go forth and show unto your God that you're willing to repent of your sins and enter into a covenant with him to keep his commandments and witness it unto him this day by going into the waters of baptism. And whosoever doeth this and keepeth the commandments of God from thenceforth the same will remember that I say unto him, yea, he will remember that I have said unto him, ye shall have eternal life according to the testimony of the Holy Spirit, which testifieth in me. Because the first step for the people of um, Alma the Younger was that they repent and enter into a covenant with their God and receive baptism by water, that they then might be born again or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thereby uh, obtain eternal life. If they continue to endure to the end. And now, my beloved brethren, do you believe these things? Behold, I say unto you, yea, I know that ye believe them. And the way that I know that you believe them is by the manifestation of the Spirit which is in me. Now, notice the parallel between Alma the Younger calling his people to repentance and what Alma, his father, did with the people of King Noah at the waters of Mormon in calling his people to repentance and inviting them to receive baptism by water. And now because your faith is strong concerning that, yea, concerning the things which I have spoken, great is my joy. For as I said unto you from the beginning, that I had much desire that you were not in the state of dilemma like your brethren, even so, I have found that my desires have been gratified. For I perceive that ye are in the path of righteousness. I perceive that ye are in the path which leads to the kingdom of God. Yea, perceive that ye are making his path straight. So the path which leads to the kingdom of God is the same path which is talked about by Nephi in 2 Nephi 31. And it is that path which leads to the gate of baptism, of fire, baptism, of the Holy Ghost, which one must pass through to be on that straight and narrow path that leads to the tree who is Christ to partake of the fruit of the tree, which is eternal life. And then 2 Nephi 31, verse 19. And now, my beloved brethren, after you have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. And behold, I say unto you, Nay. For ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. So this path that leads to the gate through which one must pass to get on the path is relying wholly upon the words of Christ, which words come by revelation as we seek to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit with unshaken faith in him. Now, what is unshaken faith? It is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. 
And it is that acting part and that continually inquiring part that is the unshaken faith in Christ, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. And so back in Mosiah 15. Actually, Alma, Alma 7, back to Alma 7. Verse 17. And now, my beloved brother, do you believe these things? Behold, I say unto you, yea, I know that ye believe them. And the way that I know that ye believe them is by the manifestation of the Spirit which is in me. And now because your faith is strong concerning that, yea, concerning the things which I have spoken, great is my joy. For as I said unto you from the beginning that I had much desire that you were not in the state of dilemma like your brethren, even so I have found that my desires have been gratified, for I perceive that ye are in the paths of righteousness. Okay, so as he's extending the invitation to them to be baptized, um, he has discerned that they are fulfilling what Nephi has described as um, the paths of righteousness or feasting upon the word of Christ with unshaken faith, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Now, these are the paths of righteousness which bring any man, any woman to the new covenant to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. The path which leads to the kingdom of God. Yea, I perceive that ye are making his paths straight. And I perceive that it has been made known unto you by the testimony of his word that he cannot walk in crooked paths. So, you know, Alma's perceiving that, you know, this people, you know, have been exercising faith. They have been seeking after and receiving revelation. Neither doth he vary from that which he hath said. Neither hath he a shadow of turning from the right to the left or from that which is right to that which is wrong. Therefore, his course is one eternal round. Now, if we go to Mosiah 15. We have more of the words of Abinadi as he preaches of Christ. Verse 10. And now I say unto you, who shall declare his generation? 
Behold, I say unto you that when his soul has been made an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. And now, what say ye? And who shall be his seed? Behold, I say unto you that whosoever has heard the words of the prophets, all the holy prophets who have prophesied concerning the coming of the Lord, I say unto you that all those who have hearkened unto the words and believed that the Lord would redeem his people have looked forward to that day for remission of their sins. I say unto you that these are his seed and they are the heirs of the kingdom of God. For these are they whose sins he has borne. These are they for whom he has died to redeem them from their transgressions. And now are they not his seed? Yea, are not the prophets, every one that opened his mouth to prophesy, that has not fallen into transgression? I mean all the holy prophets, ever since the world began, I say unto you that they are his seed. And these are they who have published peace, and who have brought good tidings of good, and who have published salvation, and said unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. So, to become Christ's seed, or to become his sons and his daughters, what is Abinadi talking about? Well, in 3 Nephi chapter 9, verse 17, And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. Well, this means the exact same thing as what Abinadi is talking about in Mosiah chapter 15. To become the seed of Christ, or the seed of God, is to become the sons and daughters of Christ. Yea, even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh, and in me is the law of Moses fulfilled. And verse 20, And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And this is how. A man or a woman becomes the seed of Christ or a son or daughter of Christ. It's through a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So even though Abinadi isn't using that phrase, um, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is precisely the doctrine that he is teaching. And this is the meaning and this is his intent. You know, again, Mosiah 15, verse 10. And now I say unto you who shall declare his generation. I say unto you who shall declare his generation. Behold, I say unto you that when his soul has been made an offering for sin, he shall see his steed. So it's only through the power of Christ's atonement that he gained the power to adopt those who would offer up unto him their broken hearts and contrite spirits. That's when he gained the power to adopt them as his sons and his daughters. And when Christ was in the garden and when he was pleading our case in the garden and when he said, Father, I pray not for the world, but I pray for those whom thou hast given me out of the world that they might be one with us. If we quickly go to 3 Nephi, chapter 19, we'll see Christ 
you know, recapitulating these words as the 12 disciples whom he has chosen are receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 29, Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith. And this faith is, you know, the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. One does not fulfill the terms of the covenant of their part of the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, except it be by faith, except it be by seeking after receiving an act on revelation. That's how the terms of the covenant of covenant are given to us by revelation. And it's by acting upon the revelation that we actually not only say, but also with our heart and by our actions offer up our broken hearts and contrite spirits. I, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith, that they may be purified in me, that I may be in them as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them. You know, this is the pro- process of Christ gathering up the fruit unto himself as we so often have declared in a parable um, about the harvest and the vineyard and the Lord of the vineyard and the trees in the Lord's vineyard. Back in Mosiah 15, again, verse 11. Behold, I say unto you that whosoever has heard the words of the prophets, yea, all the holy prophets who have prophesied concerning the coming of the Lord, I say unto you that all those who have hearkened unto their words. So to have heard and to have hearkened unto their words and believed that the Lord would redeem his people and who have looked forward to the day for remission of their sins. I say unto you that these are his seed or they are the heirs of the kingdom of God. So this is additional insight into what it means to offer up a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Not only to receive the doctrine of Christ and all truth regarding Christ with gladness, but also to seek after and act on revelation um, as it pertains to us and what God would have us specifically do to come unto him. For these are they whose sins he has borne. These are they for whom he has died to redeem them from their transgressions. And now are they not his seed? Have they not become his sons and his daughters? And how do they become his sons and daughters through the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because they have offered up their broken hearts and contrite spirits? Yea, and are not the prophets, every one that has opened his mouth to prophesy, that has not fallen into transgression. I mean all the holy prophets ever since the world began, I say unto you that they are his seed. So the doctrine of Christ, it doesn't change. The doctrine of Christ has been the same from the very beginning. And just as we read in Moses chapter 6 about the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost of Adam, so has the doctrine of Christ continued since the days of Adam until now. And the exact same way that Adam 
became the son of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, so do we. Now, if we go to verses 18 through 20, and behold, I say unto you, this is not all. For, oh, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that is the founder of peace, even the Lord, who has redeemed his people, yea, him who has granted salvation unto his people. For were it not for the redemption which he hath made for his people, which was prepared from the foundation of the world, I say unto you, were it not for this faith, were it not for this, all mankind must have perished. But behold, the bands of death shall be broken, and the sun reigneth, and hath power over the dead. Therefore he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead. Now, Abinadi continues to preach the doctrine of Christ in Mosiah 16. And we'll read verses 4 through 12 and verse 15. And thus all mankind were lost. And behold, they would have been endlessly lost were it not that God had redeemed his people from their lost and fallen state. But remember that he persists in his own carnal nature and goes on in the ways of sin and rebellion against God. Or or rather, but remember that he that persists in his own carnal nature and goes on in the ways of sin and rebellion against God, remaineth in his fallen state, and the devil hath all power over him. Therefore he is as though there had been no redemption made, being an enemy of God, or to God, and also is the devil an enemy to God. And now if Christ had not come into the world, speaking of things to come, as though they had already come, there could have been no redemption. And if Christ had not risen from the dead or have broken the bands of death, that the grave should have no victory and that death should have no sting, there could have been no resurrection. But there is a resurrection. Therefore, the grave hath no victory and the sting of death is swallowed up in Christ. He is the light and the life of the world. Yea, a light that is endless, that can never be darkened. Yea, and also a life which is endless that there can be no more death. Even this mortal shall put on immortality. This corruption shall put on incorruption, shall be brought to stand before the bar of God, to be judged of him according to their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. If they be good to the resurrection of endless life and happiness, and if they be evil to the resurrection of endless damnation, being delivered up to the devil, who hath subjected them, which is damnation. having gone according to their own carnal will and desires, having never called upon the Lord while the arms of mercy were extended toward them, for the arms of mercy were extended toward them, and they would not, they being warned of their iniquities, and yet they would not depart from them. And they were commanded to repent, and yet they would not repent. Well, this also has a direct parallel to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For in, back in 2 Nephi 28, verse 32, 
Woe be unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts. For notwithstanding, I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. They will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. And now, back in Mosiah 16. Um, verse 12. But as I read verse 12 again, have in mind the words of Nephi in 2 Nephi 28, 32 to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and ask yourself, is not the Lord speaking to the Latter-day Saints? Having gone according to their own carnal wills and desires, having never called upon the Lord while the arms of mercy were extended towards them. And why do they not call upon the Lord? Why do we, why do the Latter-day Saints not call upon the Lord? Well, Nephi again answers this question in 2 Nephi 28, verse 27. Yea, woe be unto him that saith we have received and that we need no more. In verse 29, and woe be unto him that shall say we have received the word of God and we need no more the word of God for we have enough. And verse 26, yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men. And that is why the Latter-day Saints do not cry out unto the Lord because we have replaced crying out unto the Lord and exercising faith in him, which is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation with hearkening unto the precepts of men. And in so doing, as Nephi continues in verse 26, we deny the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in verse 31, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man. Again, Nephi is speaking of the Latter-day Saints. And this is precisely why we as the Latter-day Saints are not, as it says in Mosiah 16, verse 12. It's why this applies to us. Having never called upon the Lord while the arm of mercies of mercy were extended toward them. For the arms of mercy were extended toward them, and they would not. Verse 31 in 2 Nephi 28. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man or maketh flesh his arm or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. So Nephi is saying that the Latter-day Saints are accepting as doctrine the words spoken to them by those who do not speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And as we put this into, and therefore, we cry that all is well in Zion. That we have received, and we need no more, because we have received the precepts of men, and we have put our trust in man, and we have made flesh our arm, therefore we have received and we need no more, as it says in Second Nephi 28, 27. 
And in verse 29 again, and woe be unto him that shall say, we have received the word of God and need no more the word of God, for we have enough. This is what is being talked about in Mosiah chapter 16, verse 12. Having gone according to their own carnal wills and desires, having never called upon the Lord while the arms of mercy were extended toward them. Doesn't Nephi say these very things about the Latter-day Saints? Um, in Second Nephi 28, 32. For notwithstanding, I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, yet they will deny me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. Back in Mosiah 16, verse 12. Having gone according to their own carnal wills and desires, having never called upon the Lord while the arms of mercy were extended toward them. For the arms of mercy were extended toward them, and they would not. Isn't this the exact same thing that Nephi told us and prophesied about us in Second Nephi 28? They being warned of their iniquities, and yet they would not depart from them. Warned of their iniquities. Well, again, what does Moroni say in Ether? You know, chapter 4. To the Latter-day Saints. They shall not go forth to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. So just in case we try and put at arm's length the words of Abinadi, which apply equally to the people of King Noah and also to the Latter-day Saints. They being warned of their iniquities, for we have the scriptures of the restoration, and they abound with the warnings of Nephite prophets who speak even from the dust unto us, to the point where we have no excuse. They being warned of their iniquities, and yet they would not depart from them, and they were commanded to repent, and yet they would not repent. And I pray that we are not found among those who will not repent. Four, in DNC 101, it was prophesied through the prophet Joseph Smith that one day before the second coming of Jesus Christ, that he would return and would, be, would begin the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house or those who would repent among the Latter-day Saints, who would not remain hardened in their hearts, who would cry out unto the Lord while his arms are extended to them. And in DNC 101, verse 55, And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, and as we learn in DNC 103, this servant is Joseph Smith Jr. in his return or his second ministry, Go and gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of my house. The strength of the Lord's house are those among the Latter-day Saints and among those of the restoration who will repent and return, who will humble themselves, who will enter into the new covenant, who will take the arm of the Lord as it is extended to them and become his sons and his daughters, his seed through the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Back to Mosiah 16. I 
feel impressed to read verse 12 one more time. Having gone according to their own carnal wills and desires, having never called upon the Lord, while the arms of mercy were extended toward them, for the arms of mercy were extended toward them, and they would not. They being warned of their iniquities, and yet they would not depart from them. And they were commanded to repent, and yet they would not repent. But the strength of the Lord's house does repent. Verse 13. And now ought ye not to tremble and repent of your sins, O ye members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And remember that only in and through Christ can ye be saved. Therefore, if ye teach... Verse 15 of Mosiah 16. Teach them that redemption cometh through Christ, the Lord, who is the very eternal Father. Amen. And how does Christ become the eternal Father? Well, it's through his atonement, through the power that he gained to adopt us as his sons and his daughters. That's how Christ becomes the eternal Father. Because he entered into the new and everlasting covenant with Heavenly Father. And he did it time and time and time and time again. And he continued doing it while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he fully submitted his will to the will of the Father, in which he suffered the will of the Father in all things. Um, Which pain and suffering caused even God to tremble and quake because of pain and to bleed at every pore, which suffering we do not understand and which we cannot comprehend and which suffering we might spare ourselves if we will but repent and come unto him. But if we do not, we must suffer even as he suffered. Now, back to Alma, chapter 5. Starting in verse 12. And according to his, and according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. Behold, I say unto you that this is all true. And, you know, to put this in context, let's go back up to verse 12. Behold, I can tell you, did not my father Alma believe in the words which were delivered by the mouth of Abinadi? And was he not a holy prophet? Did he not speak the words of God? And my father Alma believed them. And according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. Because when he heard the doctrine of Christ, he received it with gladness. And it brought him to have a mighty change in his heart. And as a result... Because he was born again a son of God. 
verse 13. And behold, he preached the word unto your fathers. And a mighty change also was wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful until the end. Therefore, they were saved. In other words, the preaching of the doctrine of Christ, not only to Alma, but to his people, brought his people into a broken heart and contrite spirit. And they also entered into a covenant with their God. And they also received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they became his seed or his sons and his daughters. Exactly as the Latter-day Saints must. And now behold, I ask of you, my brethren of the church, if ye have spiritually been born of God, have ye received his image in your countenance? Have ye experienced this mighty change in your hearts? Do ye exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith and view this mortal body raised in immortality and this corruption raised in incorruption to stand before God to be judged according to the deeds which have been done in the mortal body? I say unto you, can you imagine to yourselves that ye hear the voice of the Lord saying unto you in that day, come unto me, ye blessed, for behold, your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of the earth. Or do ye imagine to yourselves that ye can lie unto the Lord in that day and say, Lord, our works have been righteous works upon the face of the earth and that ye will, and that he will save you? Or otherwise, can ye imagine yourselves brought before the tribunal of your God with your souls filled with guilt and remorse, having a remembrance of all your guilt, yea, a perfect remembrance of all your wickedness, yea, a remembrance that ye have set at defiance the commandments of God. I say unto you, can ye look up to God at that day with a pure heart and with clean hands? I say unto you, can you look up having the image of God engraven upon your countenance? And when is it that we receive the image of God engraven upon our countenance? It's every time we receive a baptism of fire, which culminates in the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are to go on entering into the new covenant, continuing to receive baptisms of fire. And every time we do, our nature is changed into the nature of Jesus Christ. And we continually take upon us the countenance of Jesus Christ. And every time we don't hearken unto the voice of the Spirit and are not true and faithful unto all the commandments that God would give unto us by the power of his Spirit, we have that light taken away and we have the image of his countenance withdrawn from us. However, the joy of the gospel is that as many times as we disobey, we can repent and return and come unto him and do better. And again, hearken unto the voice of the spirit and again, start receiving his countenance in our image. Verse 19, I say unto you, can ye look up to God at that day with a pure heart and a clean hands? I say unto you, can ye look up having the image of God engraven upon your countenance? 
I say unto you, can ye think of being saved when ye have yielded yourselves to become subjects to the devil? I say unto you, ye will know at that day that ye cannot be saved. And I would ask, how do the Latter-day Saints yield ourselves up to to becoming subjects to the devil? The way we do it is by not doing what is required of us to become sons and daughters of Christ. By not doing what is required of us to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For if we do not these things, we do deliver ourselves up to the devil. I say unto you, ye will know at that day that ye cannot be saved. For there can be no man be saved except his garments are washed white. Yea, and his garments must be purified until they are cleansed from all stain through the blood of him whom it has been spoken by our fathers, who should come to redeem his people from their sins. And now I ask of you, my brethren, how will any of you feel if you shall stand before the bar of God, having your garments stained with blood and all manner of filthiness? Behold, what will these things testify against you? Behold, will they not testify that ye are murderers? Yea, and also that ye are guilty of all manner of wickedness. Behold, my brethren, do ye suppose that such an one can have place to sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, and also all the holy prophets whose garments are cleansed and are spotless and pure and white? I say unto you, nay, except ye make our creator a liar from the beginning, or suppose that he is a liar from the beginning, ye cannot suppose that Such can have place in the kingdom of heaven, but they shall be cast out, for they are the children of the kingdom of the devil. Now behold, I say unto you, my my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? Have ye walked, keeping yourselves blameless before God? Could ye say if you were called to die at this time within yourselves, that ye have been sufficiently humble, that your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will come to redeem his people from their sins? Behold, are ye stripped of pride? I say unto you, if ye are not, ye are not prepared to meet God. Behold, ye must prepare quickly, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand, and such an one hath not eternal life. Behold, I say, Is there one among you who is not stripped of envy? I say unto you that such an one is not prepared. And I would that ye should prepare quickly, for the hour is close at hand, and he knoweth not when the time shall come, for such an one is not found guiltless. And again I say unto you, is there anyone among you that hath, that doth make a mock of his brother, or that heapeth upon him persecutions? Woe unto such an one, For he is not prepared, and the time is at hand that he must repent, or he cannot be saved. Yea, even woe unto all ye workers of iniquity. Repent, repent, for the Lord God hath spoken it. Behold, he sendeth an invitation unto all men, for the arms of mercy are extended towards them. And he saith, Repent, and I will receive you. And he saith, Come unto me, and ye shall partake of the fruit of the tree of life. Yea. You shall eat and drink of the bread and the waters of life freely. So, um, while there are some ancient writings that give 
other definitions of the tree of life. The tree of life as referenced in the Book of Mormon and as seen by Lehi and Nephi is Jesus Christ. And lest there be any doubt, um, in 2 Nephi 32 verse 9, when giving a commentary on the tree of life vision, Nephi talks about the culmination of the tree of life vision of coming to the tree as coming that Christ shall manifest himself unto us in the flesh, or while we are yet in the flesh. And the things which he shall tell us shall we observe to do. So coming unto the tree is coming into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And having him declare unto us that which he would that which he would have us do. And partaking of the fruit is both receiving those words and also doing them. And that's recapitulated here in verse 34. And he saith, come unto me, and ye shall partake of the fruit of the tree of life. Yea, ye shall eat and drink of the bread and the waters of life freely. Yea, come unto me and bring forth works of righteousness, and ye shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire. For behold, the time is at hand, that whosoever bringeth forth not good fruit, or whosoever doth not the works of righteousness, the same shall have cause to wail and mourn. O ye workers of iniquity, ye that are puffed up in the vain things of the world, ye that have professed to have known the ways of righteousness, nevertheless have gone astray, as sheep having no shepherd, notwithstanding a shepherd hath called after you, and is still calling after you, but ye will not hearken unto his voice. Behold, I say unto you, that the good shepherd doth call you, yea, and his own name, in his own name doth he call you, which is the name of Christ. And if ye will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd, to the name by which ye are called, behold, ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd. Or in other words, to God's people, he has extended the doctrine of Christ, that by entering into the new covenant, they may become his sons and his daughters. And that is the meaning in verse 38. Behold, I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call you, Yea, and in his own name he doth call you. He offers to give you his name. He offers to adopt you, his son, his daughter. And if ye will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd, to the name which ye are called, behold, ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd. And now if ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd, of what fold are ye? Behold, I say unto you, that the devil is your shepherd. And this is the status of the Latter-day Saints who reject the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and diligently seeking after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. The devil is your shepherd, and ye are of his fold, even if you have a temple recommend and a temple marriage. And now who can deny this? Behold, I say unto you, 
whosoever denieth this is a liar and a child of the devil. For I say unto you that whatsoever is good cometh of God, and whatsoever is evil cometh from the devil. Therefore, if a man bringeth forth good works, he hearkeneth unto the voice of the good shepherd, and he doth follow him. But whosoever bringeth forth evil works, the same becometh a child of the devil. For he hearkeneth unto his voice, and doth follow him. And whomsoever doeth this must receive his wages of him. Wherefore his wages he receiveth death, as to things pertaining unto the righteousness, being dead unto all good works. And now, my beloved brethren, I would speak that ye should hear me, for I speak in the energy of my soul. For behold, I have spoken unto you plainly that ye cannot err, or have spoken according to the commandment of God. And the whole reason we have this sermon is because he speaks equally to the Latter-day Saints. For I am called to speak after this manner according to the holy order of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Yea, I am commanded to stand and testify unto this people that the things which have been spoken by our fathers concerning the things which are to come. And this is not all. Do you not suppose that I know of these things of myself? Behold, I testify unto you that I do know that these things whereof that I have spoken are true. And how do you suppose that I know of their surety? Behold, I say unto you, they are made known unto me by the Holy Spirit of God. So Alma is not only preaching the doctrine of true faith, he's also practicing it. He has also sought after, received, and acted on revelation. Behold, I have fasted and prayed many days that I might know these things of myself. And now I do know of myself that they are true, and that the Lord God hath made them manifest unto me by his Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit of revelation which is in me. And moreover, I say unto you that it has, that it has thus been made manifest unto me by the Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit of revelation which is in me. And moreover, I say unto you, that it has thus been revealed unto me that the words which have been spoken by the fathers are true, even so according to the spirit of prophecy which is in me, which is also the manifestation of the spirit of God. I say unto you that I know of myself that whatsoever I shall say unto you concerning that which is to come is true. I say unto you that I know that Jesus Christ shall become, shall come, yea, even the Son, the only begotten of the Father, shall of grace and mercy and truth. And behold, it is he that cometh to take away the sins of the world, yea, the sins of every man who steadfastly believeth on his name. And now I say unto you that this is the order after which I am called, yea, to preach unto my beloved brethren, yea, and every one that dwelleth in this land, yea, to preach unto all, both old and young, both bond and free. And I say unto you, the aged, and also the middle-aged, and the rising generation, yea, to cry unto them that they must repent and be born again. They must repent, enter into the new covenant, and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, become his sons and his daughters. Yea, thus saith the Spirit, repent, O ye ends of the earth, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand. Yea, the Son of God cometh in his glory, in his might, majesty, power, and dominion. Yea, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, that the Spirit saith, behold, the glory of the King of all the earth, and also the King of heaven, shall very soon shine forth among the children of men. And also the Spirit saith unto me, yea, crieth unto me with a mighty voice, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Repent, for except you repent, 
he can in no wise inherit the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, the spirit saith, behold, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire. Yea, a fire which cannot be consumed, even an unquenchable fire. Behold, and remember the Holy One hath spoken it. And now, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, can ye withstand these sayings? Yea, can ye lay aside these things and trample the Holy One under your feet? Yea, can ye be puffed up in the pride of your hearts? Yea, will ye persist in the wearing of costly apparel and setting your hearts upon the vain things of the world, upon your riches? Yea, will ye persist in supposing that ye are better one than another? Yea, will ye persist in persecution of your brethren? who humble themselves and do not walk after the holy order of God, wherewith they have been brought into this church, having been sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And they do bring forth works which are meet for repentance. Yea, and will you persist in turning your backs upon the poor and the needy and in withholding your substance from them? And finally, all that will, and finally, all ye that will persist in your wickedness, I say unto you, that these are they who shall be hewn down and cast into the fire, except they speedily repent. And so here, Alma is enumerating the wickedness that he is talking about. Not entering into the new covenant. Engaging in idolatry. Worshipping our money and our prosperity. Um, more than we feel to take care of those who are in need. Supposing that we are better than someone else. You know, specifically, you know, those who are the humble followers of Christ. And, you know, Nephi, again, says these very words to the Latter-day Saints in Second Nephi 28. Second Nephi 28, verse 15, verse 14. They were stiff necks and high heads, yen because of pride and because of wickedness and abominations and whoredoms. They have all gone astray, talking about the members of the church. Save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Oh, the wise and the learned and the rich that are puffed up in pride of their hearts and all those who preach false doctrines. And pervert the right way of the Lord. Woe be unto them, saith the Lord, for they shall be thrust down to hell. Um the people of King Noah and the people of Alma perfectly parallel the Latter-day Saints. Verse 57. And now I say unto you, all you that are desirous to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd, Come ye out from the wicked, be ye separate, and touch not their unclean things. And behold, their names shall be blotted out, that the names of the wicked shall not be numbered among the names of the righteous. That the word of God may be fulfilled, which saith, the names of the wicked shall not be mingled with the names of my people. 
for the names of the righteous shall be written in the book of life. And woe unto them, and unto them will I grant an inheritance at my right hand. And now, my brethren, what have ye to say against this? I say unto you, if ye speak against it, it matters not. For the word of God must be fulfilled. For what shepherd is there among you, having many sheep, doth not watch over them? And the wolves enter not and devour his flock. And behold, if a wolf enter his flock, doth he not drive him out? Yea, and at last, if he can, he will destroy him. And now I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call after you. And if you will hearken unto his voice, he will bring you into his fold. And ye are his sheep. And he commandeth you that ye suffer no ravenous wolf to enter among you, that ye may not be destroyed. And now I, Alma, do command you in the language of him who hath commanded me, that ye observe to do the words which I have spoken unto you. I speak by way of commandment unto you that belong to the church. (laughs) So Alma, the younger, these are the words that he is speaking to the members of the church. And also they are spoken unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I speak by way of commandment unto you that belong to the church, and unto those who do not belong to the church. I speak by way of invitation, saying, Come and be baptized unto repentance, that ye also may be partakers of the fruit of the tree of life. And I add my witness to Alma's. That the Lord God of Israel extends his arms open wide to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and to all the members of the branches of the Restoration to repent of your iniquity to offer up unto Jesus Christ your broken heart and contrite spirit, that you may enter into and live that covenant with integrity, that you might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then that you might be instructed perfectly about what you should do as you overcome by faith and feast upon the words of Christ, to be instructed in all things that ye must do to come into the veil, and to enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, and to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is Jesus Christ, having your calling and election made sure in this life. And this is the opportunity that is available to every man and every woman who will sufficiently enter into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and lay everything upon the altar. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.